an artist and a chef teamed up to provide scholarships to students attending art institutes and culinary schools. This is their podcast. DC in Two Perspectives is hosted by Tina Whitlow and Sean Lightfoot. Sean. What's you know, up, I was introduced to jazz at a very young age. My dad was a jazz musician. Musician. He played the trombone and he played at some of the hottest nightclubs in the D.C. area in the early late like, early late nineties or so. And I would always enjoy what my mom used to take my sister and I to see him perform at different jazz clubs in the D.C. area. And even now, riding in the car with him, he still plays jazz, even some of his own music. And we just enjoy listening to that. Yeah, my first experience with jazz came through my grandmother. Um, I guess I transitioned into me and my life as a chef. I opened up the very first restaurant that I um, embarked on in 1995, and it was called Cafe Bloom, and it was a local jazz spot where I had, oh, man, it's just some of the most amazing jazz artists from the D.C. area perform. Now let's listen to two, two perspectives as they share their perspectives on the jazz community in D.C. today. Listen as they say something worth hearing. The first perspective... And we are here at the Capitol Hill Jazz Foundation Awards Gala. And we're also here interviewing Mr. Harry, can you pronounce your last name, please? Schnipper. Schnipper from the from Blues Alley. We're very excited to have Mr. Snipper here with us this evening. We're gonna be really short with our interview and we're just gonna jump right into our interview. So me being a Washingtonian, um, Blues Alley has been an institution in our community, in our life. Um, and this is just as an honor to be sitting here with you, sir. So um, with what we do with our foundation, we're trying to introduce the youth to other forms of art um, in the creative space. And music is one, uh, the creative arts is another, and culinary arts. Um, do you guys get a lot of youth that inquire to play at Blues Alley? Or do they know anything about Blues Alley? Well, you'll note on my business card, Sean, that my title is Executive Director at BluesAlley.org. And for over three decades, I've been pioneering youth, jazz, and education through our nonprofit Blues Alley Jazz Society. And we've graduated students from every major music conservatory in America. We have two orchestras that are under the musical direction of bassist Michael Bowie. We have a summer camp at St. Augustine's Episcopal Church in Southwest Washington, D.C. And we have two programs that have just concluded. We have the 15th annual Big Band Jam for Jazz Appreciation Month. And we had our third annual Ella Fitzgerald International Jazz Vocal Competition. So do I work with kids? Yes. I think I heard something about that on PFW. Um, yes, Yuki, I think, covered it. Yeah. And um, Donnie McKethan Donnie did McKeth as yep. well, because on Donnie Sunday, was yep. the MC 
of the the, the Ella Fitzgerald annual concert, which was the legendary Count Basie Orchestra with vocalist Renee Marie. Cool. So tell us about, I want to know, what is your perspective on the jazz culture in D.C. today? Well, that's an interesting question, Miss Tina. I will tell you unequivocally that I haven't seen as robust a musicianship in Washington, D.C. today since the 1970s. That's interesting. In fact, um, if you're familiar with um, jazz music in particular, mm -hmm. um, Lena Sakale, Elijah Balbed, Ben Williams, and countless others all graduated through our programs. Cool. Mm. Interesting. Very much so. My next question is, where do you think the direction of jazz is going from where you're sitting, from your position? You're supposed to say, is dad, jazz dead, Harry? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be blunt. No, I, 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 I think that um, jazz is alive and well. It, it's just that Washington, D.C. is a, an anomaly. Mm -hmm. And when I was growing up, um, there was a jazz club on every corner in Georgetown. Mm -hmm. um, and Davey Arborough and Nasser Abaday and so many other people that I'm familiar with can quote you song and verses to where and who and what was. However, um, in the preceding five decades, we've also witnessed a decline in the number of for-profit venues. And so Aaron Myers and Herb Scott have been particularly instrumental in advancing um, tax incentives with the DC City Council in an effort to try and translate that into more opportunities for young people. To perform in these locations. Yeah, the only reason yeah. people leave, Sean, uh, Washington, D.C. is because there's not enough places to play. And then you look at most major nonprofit cultural institutions like the Kennedy Center and Strathmore, Wolf Trap, etc. They're hiring out of town musicians. You know, they're not bringing in local talent. So consequently, you're not seeing that. And they have a mandate to do that. But it's very difficult when you're competing against a nonprofit cultural institution for talent, and simultaneously. Um, unable to underwrite your sponsorship right. or corporate donorship like they do. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, it's easier to get, it's either easier to get a crowd for Wynton Marsalis than it is for Sean Light, for exactly. you know, and they can sell a ticket at a higher price point, cover your costs. Cover your costs, right. And the other insight that a lot of people are unaware of is that these nonprofit cultural institutions uh, receive beneficial property tax abatements. Whereas a for-profit, you know, we're, we're subject to the same iterations that all other commercial properties are, and that's expensive. So, what would be the quick fix? Well, the quick fix was a very simple quick fix. Um, the quick fix is to create a 0.025 percentage of every dollars, sales tax dollars, spent in the District of Columbia and prescribe it to um, the D.C. Commission of the Arts and Humanities to promote local musicianship and creative arts. 
unfortunately, our mayor just line-ided that out in their most recent budget. So obviously, our mayor is not the creative arts economy mayor that she professed to be when she was initially elected. What she needs is an arts overlay district, and I've been petitioning. I was head of the um, the Creative Economy Task Force under former Mayor Vincent Gray, and we were making a lot of uh, headway to try to create an arts overlay district, like so many other cities in America have. But unfortunately, as with all, we've seen four mayors in 14 years, and that's a challenge. To keep up with initiatives, right? Well, if your advocates aren't reelected, then you have to go and start all over again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's why um, the Whitlow Foundation, we are very, try to maintain, try to, we try to stay committed to supporting all art forms. And also, but we can't do it all on our own. So um, everywhere we go, we try to challenge other organizations to do the same because we have to do more to shine more light and also give more opportunities to our local artists of all art forms as well. Yes, but one thing I would point out, Tina, if I may, that unlike other art forms, jazz is the umbrella for a great many more creative arts. Right. If you look at, um, you know, arts, artists like uh, uh, Pablo Picasso's jazz era or you look at film and the documentaries that anything like Whiplash or La La Land, or, mm -hmm. that helps promote the creative arts and film. And then you look at uh, dance and Alvin Ailey, who was so, he and Judith Jamison really pioneered jazz and creative in modern dance. So there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different tentacles, if you will, mm -hmm. within the jazz industry, whereas it doesn't cross-pollinate with other areas of arts. And hopefully <clears throat> conversations like this continue to spark thought and hopefully action to you know help uh, pursue and then capture and hopefully execute some of these um, concerns so that we could you know, raise the bar a little bit. I've lived in Northeast Washington for 39 years. Going on 40 years now. And frankly I've spent four consecutive decades pioneering music projects on the east side of the city that are less fortunate than the left side. And I've found very little traction amongst politicians to help promote uh, arts in the schools. Something is coming, and I'm gonna wrap this up soon. Something is coming, um, I think it's gonna kick off, and I'm not sure of the whole dynamics of it. It's gonna kick off June 8th. It's called Jazz in the Hood. Well, that's a uh, adjunct of the DC Jazz Festival. Exactly. So. So, is it successful? I don't know. I um, don't know enough about it. Um, right. It's and sponsored by Events involved. DC. Right. I'm a member of uh, its sister organization, Destination DC. And um, we've had our own program, uh, primarily promoting high schools, colleges, and universities every year. And it's in partnership with all the major nonprofit cultural institutions. We just concluded it. It's called the Big Band Jam and we reach out to all the high schools and colleges in an attempt to promote jazz music, America's music, to the next generation of listeners and yeah, performers. Get more involved with that. Yeah, I've seen it promoted at UDC. Okay, cool. That's something we gotta touch base with. We'll, we'll stay connected to you.
the reason I come to these events is to network. Yep. That's it. I bring my business cards, I bring my A game, and I am there to sell jazz to everyone. Right, let's, let's hold each other accountable to keep moving this thing forward. Indeed. Pleasure. I want to absolutely thank our guest, Mr. Harry Schnipper, for giving us his quality time, his, his, his knowledge, and his aspirations for D.C. jazz culture. And hopefully uh, someone out there in that listening world takes heed and let's do something about it. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much again for your time. It was great. From your mouth you. to God's ears, Sean. Absolutely, absolutely. And let's enjoy the rest of the night. Thank you, Ms. Thank Tina. you. The second perspective. Good evening. This is DC and Two Perspectives, and we're here at the Capitol Hill Jazz Foundation Arts Gala with our with Tina Whitlow. I'm Tina Whitlow, and our co-founder Chef Lightfoot. Uh, good evening, everyone. And also, Mr. Nasser Abedin. Mr. Nasser Abedin. 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 Yes. Okay. Sorry about that. I'm having no a problem. bit of a blurring brain block Don't here. Don't worry about <laughs> it. I've heard a whole lot worse. <laughs> You're doing wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So we want to thank you for joining us. And we thank want to thank you for giving us the My few pleasure. minutes of your time, and also congratulate you on being honored tonight of this evening. Well, actually, I'm not honored. I'm going to. Uh, present an award to someone else who's oh, being honored. Okay. I was honored the first year. Okay. Yes, so I have... Well, it's an honor to be sitting here with you. Absolutely. It is an honor for me to be here with you as well. Absolutely, absolutely. So this is wonderful. So tell us a little bit about what you do and your connection to the Capitol Hill Jazz Foundation. I am a lifelong musician. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a band leader. I play drums. And uh, I'm also an educator. I teach at the uh, uh, Peabody Institute of the Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore. And um, I, Washington, D.C. area is my base. And um, I move around the country and the world. But mostly right now I'm involved with uh, promoting my band and educating young people and being a part of organizations like this that promote jazz and is very animate about making sure that jazz survives. And what's the name of your band? Supernova. 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 And uh, the, the, the listening audience, you have to, have to take a listen. Once you take a listen, it will capture you and you will become a fan of Mr. Nasser Abedin. And his son is an amazing drummer also. Is he Thank still performing? He is. Uh, he lives in New York. Oh, wow. And uh, he's been there for maybe eight years, nine years now. And he's touring. Right now, he's in Greece on vacation. And uh, he I and wish. his girlfriend decided to... Right. You know, so he and his girlfriend decided to go to Greece for a vacation. And that tells me that he's not only able to pay the rent in New York, but he's also able to put some coins aside yeah. to, for his own... For a rainy um, day. Yes. yes. That is amazing. Yes. And I love that name, Supernova. That is an unforgettable okay, so, name. So what's Thank the story you. behind Supernova? Supernova, the idea is that uh, it is an expanding star that uh, explodes. And when it does, it unleashes uh, genetic material throughout interstellar space. 
So we are all a part of a supernova that exploded. And also, if we think about the light from stars, if we look in the sky and we see a star and we witness the shimmering light moving forward to us, it may be that that star has burned out, but the light continues to move forth. And so I like to, to think of it as when I play music or play our compositions on stage that folks that experience our, our sound, they still hear the melodic nuances of the music. And that to me is light that continues after the band is finished playing. So the, the, uh, the band sort of uh, have, we burned out but the music still continues. And yeah, that subliminal beat is still flying around. In it, it is, it is. I like to think of it as a, as a, as a cosmic experience, and that's why Supernova, because I, I'm, I think more cosmically and uh, metaphysically, and so that's why the, the name. Cool. What do you think about the, the jazz culture in D.C. when it comes to the youth? It's very vibrant, very alive. I'm from Buffalo, New York, born in Pittsburgh, raised in Buffalo. And Washington, one of the reasons why I decided to live here is because the jazz community is very vibrant. And I've been here 42 years, and I've been able to work and, and do what I do, playing music, teaching music, traveling around the world, um, just like I would if I were to live in New York City without the the intensity and the expense and the expense yes yes so that's what i like about washington and, and uh, uh, among the young people i find that there are a lot of young people now that are very involved in this music and they're coming from all points uh, of the world actually and i'm surprised because they sometimes come here first before they go to new york and, um, and I understand that because I was in New York first before I came here. But um, I'm finding that uh, young people are interested to, to come to a place where there is a jazz community where they can work and develop, learn, and also see folks who are touring nationally and internationally to stop along the way in D.C. D.C. is a, it really is a good hub. It is. It is. It is. Yes, it is. Can't get to everything. Right. Yeah. And it is only second to New York in terms of jazz promotion and jazz activity in the country. We work with a lot of youth who are extremely talented. Mm -hmm. And we like to support all art forms. That's what our foundation is about. We give scholarships to kids who want to pursue different art forms professionally. Uh-huh. How nice. Thank you. Thank you. Mm, thank so you. a lot of youth that we work with a lot of youth that are in our programs. Like, for example, last year we had a summer youth employment program with 110 kids. Wow. And 40 of those kids were in our art program, 12 were in our hospitality and culinary pro arts okay. program. Okay. And the others were, we had a 30 in our chemistry cosmetology program, workforce development, and right. um, audio engineering. How wonderful. How wonderful. Mm -hmm. So, yes. my question is well, a lot of them couldn't see their talent past a hobby. Mm -hmm. And we work mm -hmm. really hard to try to help them overcome those barriers and try mm -hmm. to expose them to different opportunities. And mm -hmm. some, some missed the mark and some didn't. Yes. But what would you say to youth who are battling that, that constant 
thought that they can't they can't do anything past a hobby. It won't go anywhere. Well, you know, I always like to think of what we do as preparation for what we will be doing later on. And there's a formula that I give everyone, uh, and that is uh, preparation plus opportunity equals success. And you don't know where that success is going to come from. You don't know where the opportunity is going to come. So it's good to, that if you're involved in something now, ask yourself, why? Why is a great question. Why am I here? What lesson am I to gain from this? What can I get out of this that will be, that will be necessary for me later on? So therefore, take full advantage of what I'm doing now. And it turns out that with uh, young musicians that, um, and artists, that it is not always in the, the, uh, the creation of the art form. It's sometimes, it's about the business. You, you may want to get into the business of whatever it is that you do. If you're a chef, um, you may want to understand what's going on with the world of cooking. So that way, it'll make it easier for you to be a, a restaurant owner so that you know what the bottom looks like of that business, how to, how to help your, your, uh, your staff understand what your vision is. But you're not a chef anymore, but you came from there. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with music. It's the same thing with anything that we do. Uh, even now, if you look at where you are now, you probably had an inkling 10 years ago that you were going to be here. You probably had some kind of vision, but you didn't know that that, that vision would turn into where it is now. But you still had that vision. It's like a supernova. You understand <laughs> it like uh, it, it explodes with and unleashes the genetic material throughout inter interstellar stellar space. So, so, and we're gonna wrap this up soon. Um, one of the things we want to make sure people understand is when we say scholarships, we talk about the tools of the trade. Okay. So, what we do, in, in, like in your case, we would come to you as we build our network and say, hey, who can you recommend to receive one of our scholarship awards? And okay. in that, it's we make sure that the instrument mm -hmm. is not the issue okay. for that young person How to wonderful. pursue their career. How wonderful. No matter what that instrument is. That's wonderful. So, and the, in, the, in my tool of the trade, which is culinary, we make sure that they have the tools that they need to mm -hmm. go into that kitchen. Mm -hmm. And in hers, it's art, creative okay. arts. We make sure that they have their yeah. easels, their paint yes. So it's the tools that yes. they need, because that's a barrier. Yes. So we want to overcome that, and we fill the gaps. Yes. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. That takes away the, uh, the tension, the stress, and the worry. Of, of, of right. Mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. How will I? How will I? Don't even have to worry about how. And my last question is, what is your perspective on the direction of jazz music today? Where do you think it's going? Well, it's already gone worldwide. This is a music that the roots of this music are in Africa. And it was sort of uh, 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 garnered uh, support and creation in America due to the existing, um, uh, the, the, ex the existence of, of the environment that was here and what we were placed under. 
And now it is a world music that if you hear the first four bars, or sometimes with a drummer, I can tell in the first bar of a Chinese drummer or a drummer from Australia what drummer they listen to. Wow. Nine times out of ten, it was Elvin Jones who played with John Coltrane mm -hmm. because that sound is so there. But basically, it is coming straight out of Africa. And if you know what the source is, then you can take it wherever you want to take it. I want to take it cosmically. I want to take it to uh, uh, other planets, other dimensions, utilize other dimensions to, to, to create this art. So it's, that's a broad question, but it's a good question because uh, our music now permeates the world, the whole globe. And so you take it where it is. And, and, and what I like to think of, uh, the, the fact that African music is a music of environment, meaning that we utilize the environment to create our art form. Mm -hmm. And that goes with any idiom that we engage in, with whether it be um, um, art, music, dance, theater, culinary, whatever. We use whatever we have in our immediate environment and create. And it's timeless. Timeless. I like that. It is timeless. It's timeless. And it is uh, infinity. Mm -hmm. Supernova. <laughs> After everything you say, you just need to say supernova. 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 What it's I like, like to say is I say super, you say nova. Super. <laughs> nova. There we go. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Honored to have you sit with us, sir. I'm and honored to Spread be some knowledge uh, and, and, and We've gained insight that we probably didn't have before oh. we sat down tonight. Well, I learned something as well. Thank you very much Thank for you. inviting me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for your valuable time. Thank you. And sharing it with us. Anytime. And we hope you enjoy the rest of the night. Thank Folks, you. take a listen Thank to you. Supernova by none other than Nasser Abedin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Blues Alley, man, is still in the trenches, and still doing their thing in the community. And the music, um, NASA Abedin, uh, Supernova, this, this thing that he's got going is just evolving and amazing. I love that name, Supernova. And Mr. Harry Snipper, he mainly focuses on jazz, education, and youth, which is great, in which he mentioned that his nonprofit is all about. Yeah, uh, summer programs and uh, you know, jazz just, camps. Yeah, just jazz camps and the things that we want to continue to have in our communities. At the Whitlow Foundation, our vision is to offer micro scholarship awards in the forms of tools of the trade for the creative arts and culinary art forms to students who are attending an art institute or a culinary school ages 17 to 22 with the abilities, the passion, and determination who cannot otherwise secure the financial aid needed to make those purchases. We're here to introduce them to all options that will assist them in funding their creative education. We want them to succeed in a culinary arts program or an art institute to further their aspirations of becoming an artist or an accomplished chef. So we offer supplies and the monetary aid options that are not required to pay back to assist them in meeting their financial needs.